Hello and welcome to episode number 40 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about judgment. Who gets to do it? Who should do it? What happens when the wrong people are in charge of doing it? It seems like almost every story that I'm looking at in the media lately has something to do with judgment. And it all seems to come down to a common thread, whether you're talking about things like the Jesse Smollett case here in Chicago, the Kevin Spacey case, the kid from Harvard who got his acceptance pulled for some stuff that he had posted in a Google Docs document. And we have WhatsApp saying they're going to start judging the people who break their rules. We have Oberlin College who went after a small food market and bakery. I mean, it really goes down the line and we're hearing social justice warrior all the time. And what this basically comes down to is when you have a bunch of unhinged, uneducated, ignorant people going out and passing judgment upon other people. And there's a reason why in this country we actually have a court system. And you can say, hey, well, the court system doesn't work, man. Jesse, he was obviously guilty. And he walked. Well, that's not necessarily true. The story today is a special prosecutor has been assigned by a Cook County judge here in Chirac to look at this case and possibly bringing the charges back against Jesse. I mean, when you thought the media circus was over, it might be back. So, Jesse, you might want to avoid the state of Illinois. It was good that he moved out. Maybe he saw this one coming. Maybe his buddies just bought him a little bit of time by getting them off the hook. But overall, we have a justice system here in the United States where you let the courts decide. You're guaranteed to have a lawyer that will help you defend yourself. There is everything in the world set up to try to make it as fair as possible to make sure that somebody is innocent doesn't get pinned with a crime, no matter how big or how small the crime is. It's an important thing when you look at justice to make sure that you do not convict somebody who isn't guilty. And the system is set up in such a way that you're going to let some of the bad guys go because you can't prove the case. And the thinking has always been it's better to let a few guilty people go free rather than to convict somebody that's innocent. But the world is upside down, of course, and where we're going is in the exact opposite direction, not in the courts of law here in the United States or elsewhere, but in the court of public opinion and everything that's going on in social media and everything that's going on in the companies that you work for who are trying to enforce these things. Let me start proving my case by picking on Major League Baseball because I like to pick on Major League Baseball and they seem to make themselves ripe for all this kind of stuff. But to be fair, they're not a whole lot different at this point than any other major sport in the United States. I don't know how things are in Europe. I don't know how soccer handles all this stuff. But let's talk about domestic abuse and the sports franchises, the sports leagues here in the United States. Major League Baseball, if a player is accused of domestic violence, they are immediately suspended from their job. 
while MLB does an investigation. This has nothing to do whether or not a court of law in the United States has investigated. This has nothing to do with this player coming before a judge and being convicted of something, because I would feel a little bit differently maybe once somebody is convicted of something in a court of law, because there are standards in courts of law. The court of Major League Baseball just requires somebody to make an accusation before you get an immediate suspension. I don't know. Maybe a lot of the people in Major League Baseball and around the country have never watched the show House. If you did, you know, the main character has a slogan throughout the whole series, which is everybody lies, which again, when it comes to justice is why you have to have a system, which is why you have to look at the evidence and why you need a rational, non-biased, well, as non-biased as possible, arbiter to decide whether or not somebody is guilty or whether somebody is innocent. Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA at this point all appear to be following down this same slippery slope, which is if you're accused of something, you're immediately guilty. And this is starting to be a problem when you're dealing with somebody's livelihood. You're dealing with all of this stuff in the public eye, and none of it is good. I don't know why Major League Baseball or these other organizations think they can do a better job than our criminal justice system, but they do. And in this case, you have, if you're a Major League Baseball player, your employer is the one deciding whether or not you're guilty. And I don't think they're set up to have the same type of system that the courts in the United States have. So I don't understand how this works, especially when it's got, there's no question about it. If you're accused, you're going to get suspended for at least a week to 10 days while this is investigated. Now, the question I have is, if you were doing this in a court of law, if you were a woman or a man, it doesn't matter, that is accusing somebody of abuse, if you do this, as Jesse, I think, might find out still here in the city of Chicago, if you make claims against somebody, about a crime and you are lying, there can be repercussions. You can face some very, very serious repercussions if you lie to the courts in the United States. Now, if you lie to Major League Baseball, who the fuck cares? Major League Baseball can't do anything. So the scenario that I would put out there is you have a World Series, say, between the Yankees and the Dodgers. And, you know, there's a Dodger fan, a woman that decides, you know what? I'm going to claim that this Yankee player abused me. He met me in a bar and he did this and this. Well, he's going to have to miss the next seven to 10 days. Hell, let's do this during the World Series. That would be freaking great, wouldn't it? None of this makes a whole lot of sense. Why anybody like Major League Baseball would want to jump into something before the courts do. In certain cases in Major League Baseball, They've gone by alleged statements that had been tweeted by somebody where the wife of the player didn't want to do anything to help them with their case. Just said, no, leave me the hell alone. I don't want, this is not good for me. I don't want you involved. But Major League Baseball gets involved anyway. This is where we start having a real problem with this kind of stuff. 
because I don't know about you, in any relationship, at some point, you're going to argue. I'm not saying things are always going to get physical, but if they do, a lot of times they're very equal. I mean, this comes down to a case again, if you're looking at a major league baseball player, say his wife hits him over the head with a bottle and then he pushes her to the ground. Well, now she's going to go and say he abused her. He's going to get suspended no matter what, because this has to be investigated. And who's going to believe this guy that he was hit in the head first? This, again, is why we have a court of law, why you have to have evidence, why you have a lawyer that can help you make your case to make sure all of the evidence is put into play. And when you have something like MLB acting as judge and jury on this kind of stuff, I really don't think that the best interest of everybody involved is met because major league baseball isn't set up to be a criminal investigation unit i mean shit they can't even handle what's going on on the field how are they going to handle what's going on off the field and does this really make sense things that are going on off the field whatever job you do out there i don't know what it is maybe you're a salesperson maybe you flip burgers maybe you are hell i don't know a gardener whatever you are what would you think that if somebody accused you of a crime that your boss and your company decided to investigate you even if the local authorities the police went no there was nothing wrong here but your employer was like well no no we can't have this i don't care what the police said this is what you have which may, with major league baseball right now and it doesn't make sense it's insanity but it's not just them we recently had a case with Oberlin College in Ohio that the New York Post has dubbed the woke apocalypse, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, in which a small mom and pop store was basically ruined by the college due to an event that happened there with some of the students from the college who were trying to shoplift. And then, of course, when they get caught shoplifting, they yell racists because that's what we do today, because we know that it has an effect. We know that even the mention of something like you're a racist or you're a pedophile, there are certain words you could throw out at somebody that they're like, hey, I know that's not true. But if somebody's even saying it, it's going to screw up my life. And the people that are saying this stuff, they absolutely positively know what they're doing. And in this woke apocalypse. Oberlin College. They went out of their way to go after this company, even though they had no proof. Again, like MLB, there's no proof. They're just getting one side of a story and they're running with it. And this was such an egregious case that the jury handed down a staggering $11 million verdict and then awarded another $33 million in punitive damages. And if you listen to the No Agenda show, you know 33 is the magic number, and you definitely want to pay close attention to this case because I think this is something that is groundbreaking, and this is something that is needed in a time where we have these things like people being thrown off of all different sorts of social media because they're saying things that people don't like. We've come to a time now where we don't rely on the courts to go after somebody and put those punishments into place. Again, we have a whole new system involved where we're going to punish you because we think you're guilty. Nothing has to be proven. You are fair game if we don't like you and we believe 
you did something wrong. Whether you did something wrong or not really doesn't come into effect anymore. The New York Post article says that Oberlin thought they could get away with this because of their woke privilege and that the woke privilege they had would give them the latitude to discount any reason or any evidence and go after this little mom and pop store slash bakery. The article says Gibson's, which is the name of the store, was the victim of this affair twice over. It began when a black student accompanied by two friends attempted to shoplift wine from the store and the owner's son pursued and detained him. Police arrested the students who were charged with crimes. It's wrong to steal, even if you're an Oberlin student, even if you're a member of a historically oppressed group. But the Oberlin worldview is opposed to such simplistic truths, the article says. And the students began immediately protesting Gibson's on the theory that because the store stopped black kids from shoplifting, they must be racist. The college's student senate even passed a resolution declaring, quote, Gibson's has a history of racial profiling and discriminatory treatment of students and residents alike. There was absolutely no facts to back this up. There was not one bit of evidence. It seems like it was a completely, utterly made up, no facts behind it whatsoever. But that didn't stop this college from running with this, printing up flyers, having events, going after this a little shop in any way they could. The Dean of Students, Meredith Ramondo, formerly the special assistant to the president for diversity, equality, and inclusion. <laughs> That's just too funny even to believe it. Joined the protesters with the bullhorn, and she helped distribute flyers, which condemned Gibson's and called for a boycott of the business, where the flyer said, quote, this is a racist establishment with a long account of racial profiling and discrimination. Again, completely and utterly untrue. And again, this leads to the question of who are you letting judge you? Why are you believing this college? Why would you believe anybody without going out to get your own information, to do your own homework? I know it's easy to just sit back and be spoon-fed this stuff, but we need to do a little bit better. And when you look at this story, I don't think 44 million's even enough. This college should be burned to the ground. Everybody involved in the running of this college that was involved with this case against this little mom and pop food market and bakery should be out of a job and not able to work in the education system ever again. The fact that these are the types of people running education systems, running our schools, running our colleges, should scare everybody, especially those who have kids in school and in college. The indoctrination is absolutely real. We heard the other day from our buddy, Jay Finley, who is a great supporter of the show. One of his daughters just was starting college. They had the welcome to the college thing, and it was indoctrination 101. It was so bad, he said he had to get up and walk out. This stuff is going on, and it's not just college. It's in high school. It's in grammar school. You need to understand who is teaching your kids, and you really need to stay on top of and ask them what they're being taught. You can't just think, the school's going to take care of this for me. The school's going to be the parent. They have what's in my child's best interest. They just want to do what is right. 
That is no longer the case in today's world and in today's society. It's much more important for these people. I know we're stereotyping a little. You can hear a lot more about stereotyping on the grumpy old Ben's number 12 that just came out. So we're stereotyping a little, but there's no doubt about it. This stuff is going on in the education system where they seem a lot more interested in pushing a narrative rather than teaching your kids how to think for themselves. And when I ask you who you're letting judge you, it's not a rhetorical question anymore either. If you're using something like WhatsApp, this should scare the hell out of you as well. In another story recently, WhatsApp has promised to take legal action against people or companies who break its rules. And get this, even if the abuse took place on another platform. That's right. (laughs) You're signing these little things when you log into a website and you say, I've read your terms of service and I'm agreeing to them. And this is a legal document. I don't want to scare you, but you may want to actually go through and read the EULAs. You may want to read these terms of service before you just click the button and get in because you want to get to your music. You want to get to this, you know, so you can text somebody, whatever you want to do with these apps. I know it's a pain in the ass to read this stuff and to keep up with this stuff, but this is starting to get very, very important. WhatsApp, which is a Facebook-owned company, took things a little further. This is from an article on metro.co.uk saying you don't need to break the rules on the WhatsApp itself to find yourself in trouble because its enforcers will strike even if they find off-platform evidence of abuse. It wrote, WhatsApp is committed to using the resources at its disposal, including legal action, to prevent abuse that violates our terms of service, such as automated bulk messaging, other non-personal use. What they're talking about right there isn't that important to me as the fact that they're talking about people that violate their terms of service, even outside of their platform, they feel that they can go after. This is the ultimate in social justice warrioring, isn't it? If WhatsApp says, hey, we're not going to condone people who use hate speech and they track you down to, you know, maybe your Facebook page, which would obviously be easy because this is a Facebook company or Instagram, which, you know, Facebook, you know, or on Twitter, somewhere else, they put together something that you allegedly said or did that they don't like. It doesn't even have to be on their platform anymore. They listen to this website and they think it's, or they listen to this podcast rather, and they think it's filled with hateful nonsense. Damn, they're going to kick me off of WhatsApp if I ever used it, I guess, which I don't. But this is the kind of scary thing when you have this deplatforming stuff that has gone on to people like Alex Jones and Milo Yiannopoulos and, you know, on down the line, when people start getting deplatformed for hate speech. And again, who gets to define that? Who's the judge on what hate speech is? And it's usually the person that you disagree with is going to be the one that's judging when it comes to these social media, Silicon Valley type companies. And this is not a fair trial. This is not going before a judge. This is not having a non-biased arbiter there to make the decision on whether or not you did something bad. They're just going to flip a switch. And you're going to be gone. You're going to be wiped off the face of social media, never to come back ever again, because they don't really have a great platform for being able to come in and appeal these things. 
just wait till all this is done by an AI who doesn't understand context for something you say and decides to turn you off and then go try to argue that it's going to happen. You can watch and see, and it's probably not even going to take that long. The fact that a Facebook company here, again, WhatsApp, is actually willing to sue people for violating the terms of service. We're not just talking about turning you off anymore. We're talking that they might actually try dragging you in front of an actual court, which I would hope would be thrown out immediately. But, you know, hoping may not really be enough at this point, because, again, they're going to put that terms of service, that EULA that you clicked through and said, yes, I agree. They're going to put that in front of a court and in front of a judge who's going to be used to looking at real contracts that had people with lawyers and that people understood before they actually signed it and go, well, you signed this, sir. You're an idiot, but you signed it. So you may have to be held accountable for whatever WhatsApp says you did bad. And of course, let's not forget the court of public opinion, which has always been important with court cases, but now it has been magnified by like a billion because of social media. I've been watching a bunch of old JAG episodes, which is now, what, 20, 30 years old almost. And there was one of these cases where the lawyer was trying to, of course, win the case where he was kind of smacked down with, we're not trying this in the courtroom. We're trying this in the court of public opinion. And that was one thing when it was just the media that was covering whatever it was. With social media now, the court of public opinion has become way more powerful again, because who are you letting judge you, man? It's become way more important than anything else because your reputation can get shot whether or not you're actually guilty of something. Just being accused is enough. In the Kevin Spacey case, this was very interesting to me when this just came out today with the person that accused him of fondling him and two there's just on a side note one of the things that really annoys the hell out of me when reading these articles about the kevin spacey incident was the accuser at the time of this incident was 18 years old but he's still being referred to as 18 which i know is technically true but they're making him sound like a kid in this country at 18 you're an adult so referring to him as a teen is also pushing a narrative in a different direction that doesn't necessarily lead to the truth. You're playing upon people because, of course, we got to think of the children, man. We got to protect the children. And the fact that Kevin Spacey had pretty much disappeared for about a year or so after this happened, I kind of figured, well, maybe there was a little credence to this. And I'm feeling bad about that fact now because reading the text messages from this accuser's phone to me is a hundred percent vindicating of kevin spacey and if you haven't seen this let me just read these text messages and you can let me know what you feel about this the first text message was going back and forth they believe there was some before this these texts are between the accuser of kevin spacey and his girlfriend that happened on the night of the incident while the incident was going on the first text from the accuser like he's hanging around me in the bar he got my number and asked me to come out with him girlfriend responds are you kidding what sounds like he's hitting on you accuser says i think he is he's grabbing my leg and shit 
His girlfriend responds with, are you trying to tell me something? Being gay is okay! Exclamation, exclamation, explanation. One right there. This doesn't appear to me, at least from the girlfriend's side, to believe that there's something serious going on, that this kid's in danger, that this kid's involved in something. Well, he's not a kid. He's 18. See, I'm doing it too. That he's involved in something that he is not a willing participant in. Again, he's 18 years old. If he is willing, Kevin Spacey can do any damn thing that he wants to him, and he can do any damn thing that he wants to Kevin Spacey if Kevin Spacey is willing. This is not a kid. So after the girlfriend says being gay is okay, the accuser responds with, I'm not gay, but I think Spacey is. Girlfriend responds, ha ha, ugh, literally so jealous. Please take a selfie with him at some point. So again, this really comes across as anything but a serious situation as the assault that it was then pushed off to be. The accuser responds, no, I'm serious. He's totally gay. Girlfriend responds, wait, what? For real? Accuser says, he's grabbed my dick like eight times. Girlfriend responds back with, he's pissed I'm texting! Exclamation point. Accuser, I told him I had a girlfriend. Emojis, I don't know which emojis they were. Girlfriend says, I thought you were serious, taking advantage of my gullibleness. Ugh, ha ha. Tell him the girlfriend says, back off. The accuser then responds, no, I'm serious. He's gay. He pulled my zipper down and he invited me to his house. I'll talk to you later. What? <laughs> I'm so confused here. So he's being abused by Kevin Spacey, according to a story after this happened to the police and, of course, to the court of public opinion. But in his text, it's he's grabbed my dick eight times. And again, this is a guy. He could have walked away. He could have punched Kevin Spacey. He was in a public area, could have made a scene, gotten the hell out of there. He wasn't in private. He was not incapacitated in any way, shape, or form. Um, and when somebody says, he pulled my zipper down, he invited me to his house, I'll talk to you later, doesn't really sound like he is any, in any trouble whatsoever. It sounds like he's getting ready to go have a little bit of sexual fun with Kevin Spacey. And if that's what he wanted to do, that's fantastic. Who cares? The question is why this is just coming out now. And I don't care that Kevin Spacey's gay. I mean, the fact that all of these social justice warrior nincompoops decided that his work had to be pulled from Netflix. You know, we can't watch House of Cards anymore. And the stuff that he was in, this guy is just so horrible. I don't see it. I really do not see it in this case. That seems like this guy that was involved in this was more than complicit it seems like he liked it or this seems to me that this is somebody that saw kevin spacey in the bar maybe said hi to him and decided to play a little prank on his girlfriend and then realized hey people are morons they'll believe this bullshit text series that i sent my idiot girlfriend was true and i could get my 15 minutes of fame and maybe kevin spacey you know he's a rich actor maybe he'll give me a few million dollars to shut up and go the fuck away. The chain of texts concludes with a bunch of messages from the accuser saying, Jesus Christ, he reached down my pants. Help. No, this is Kevin ducking Spacey. He's gay. He's buying me yet another drink. Help me. He's gotten me so many. I'm drunk. Help. Molly. He grabbed my dick. Kevin Spacey is gay. 
check snap. Seriously, help. I'm going to get he pick. And then ends with, I got the autographs and a hell of a story. Help me. So, yeah, you know, usually when somebody is sexually abusing me, the way I like to end the whole situation is I like to get their autograph. That seems absolutely and entirely reasonable, doesn't it? This fucking asshole, man. This seems like this is another made up story and that this guy and Jussie Smollett deserve to be sharing a cell together and maybe they'll get along famously. And to cycle back around to MLB because, well, it's fun for me. The main story that comes up when you talk about abuse in MLB was the Addison Russell story of the Chicago Cubs. And you know my feeling about the Chicago Cubs. I think they suck. I don't even think they're a real team. Hate the Chicago Cubs. But in this case, I have to feel for Addison Russell because the court of public opinion is important. He got his suspension. He offered to go to counseling and everything else that was asked of him. But you still have assholes then on the sports site SB Nation. This is a guy named Kenny Kelly, where this the headline of the story is the shortcomings of MLB's domestic violence policy. The subheading until larger problems are addressed. Players like Addison Russell receiving a second chance will always feel unjust. What? Are you serious? Somebody getting a second chance now is unjust. Somebody that has taken their punishment, paid the price, is still so bad that a second chance just feels unjust. Are you kidding me? The guy was still never convicted in a court of law of one damn thing. But you think giving him a second chance is unjust? I don't understand that. This is a whole article full of pablum, but it ends with, if the Cubs and MLB are serious about ending domestic violence, really? Do you think the Cubs and Major League Baseball can really end domestic violence? I mean, you got some problems, buddy. I mean, I think you're thinking a little pie in the sky here. If the Cubs and MLB are serious about ending domestic violence, they will not only expand their internal education, but their external education as well. MLB can get entire baseball stadiums to stand and show the names of people affected by cancer, and they do this when they have the most eyes on them. They could do the same for survivors of abuse. Until then, every suspension will be nothing but posturing. Every contract given to an abuser a tactic and mission that baseball doesn't care. So again, somebody that's accused of something like this, somebody that's accused of spousal abuse, you don't have to be convicted. Getting a contract is too much. Having a fucking job is too much for these social justice warrior assholes because that's what they are. And this is why you have to ask yourself, who's judging who? Who are you letting judge you? And if you sit and watch this kind of stuff happen without trying to do something about it, without opening up your mouth, without telling MLB to cut this shit out and let the courts handle this because they're not set up to be a judge and jury. All of these social media platforms that want to play this game, the same damn thing. Take your business elsewhere because I don't care how big Facebook or Twitter is. If everybody fucking left, they will have zero dollars. They will be gone. 
you have the power to fucking do something about this. But I hope you're liking what you're hearing here on the Random Thoughts Podcast. You know, we get a little excited sometimes, and that can be a lot of fun. But there's a lot of things in the world worthy of ranting about right now. And we do a lot of that also over at my other podcast that I do with Ryan Bemrose, Grumpy Old Benz, GrumpyOldBenz.com, where we talk about a lot of different things. And we try to do the big picture thing and kind of here on Random Thoughts, it could be anything. It could be big picture, little picture. We can talk for a half hour about one stupid little thing, or we can try to wax poetic. If you like what you're hearing, do me a favor. Go over to randomthoughts.com and subscribe in some way. You can do it even via email. So if you don't want to use one of those podcast applications, subscribe via email. Every time a new show drops, you'll get it in your email. Or you can subscribe with iTunes. Android. All the proper links are there at randomthoughts.com, R A N D U M B thoughts.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at random podcast, R A N D U M B podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D A R R E N O N E I L L. Also on our website, you'll see a little donation button. If you really like what you're hearing here, we do the value for value model. If you think you got something out of the show, Feel free to send us a couple of bucks, buy us a coffee, keep the lights on and the microphones humming. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.